You're listening to the Underground Podcast, a platform to inspire, encourage, and stir up kingdom mission. Our aim is to resource you, the listener, with discussions that empower your calling to follow Jesus in every unique context of life. My name is Leanne Tybit, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Brian Sanders. Brian recently wrote an article on chronic anxiety and the death of leadership, which you can find on his Medium page, which is medium.com slash at BS Underground. And on today's episode, we'll begin to explore this topic and its implications for missional people. So I, I read your recent article that you wrote on chronic anxiety and the death of leadership, and it got quite a bit of popularity um, and a lot of reads, a lot of hits. So it, it makes me wonder, you know, what is the difference between fears and anxiety? Because I think I often use those words very much interchangeably, like I'm afraid or I'm anxious about this, but I've heard you say like anxiety is something that hasn't happened yet, so it's it's kind of fake, but h- how do we distinguish those things in our language and, and deal with them in a better way? I would say that, that anxiety is rooted in, um, it, it is an illusion. Anxiety is the illusion of fear. Hmm. Um, and in that sense, it becomes, it is very much a trick, a trick of the mind, a trick of the devil, hmm. you know. Um, fear is more concrete. Fear is very good. Fear is actually very healthy. Fear saves mm-hmm. our lives every day. Mm-hmm. I, I fear crossing over the yellow line when I'm driving. I have a fear. Like if I start to, if I start to swerve into <laughs> oncoming traffic, my, 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 pulse quickens my my animal reflexes like you're gonna die Mm -hmm. and every day all the time that creates healthy boundaries for Mm -hmm. us we we need fear Mm -hmm. um so i think when the scriptures are saying look don't be afraid it often has to do with the misplacement of fear Mm -hmm. or this sort of like uh illusion of fear i'm afraid of something i shouldn't be afraid of Mm -hmm. um that's the point jesus makes in luke 11 don't don't fear those that that can only kill the body mm-hmm. um, fear God um, so there's some sort of hierarchy to fears mm-hmm. um, and again I there there has to be some sort of place for healthiness healthy fear mm-hmm. in our it doesn't produce anxiety yeah or or anxiety is just a different thing entirely mm-hmm. I, I think about I mean I've I've talked about this before but when I think of the story of that that m- man who was possessed by multiple demons mm-hmm. that called himself Legion, you know, uh, six thousand demons or whatever, um, that is a that to me that whole passage about anxiety. It's it's like they, he he is sort of racked by anxiety. Tiamoi um, kaisoi, he says. That's what the that's what the the demon says to Jesus. What have you to do with me? Um, Jesus is sort of invading the the torment of this man and the demons see that Jesus is a threat to them but what what is what does it mean to be kind of racked by this multiplicity right. of demonic forces it means to never know your own mind it means to experience the dizziness of freedom you know yeah. the 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 being paralyzed like you said mm-hmm. stuck mm-hmm. and that's what anxiety does it's mm-hmm. like it is it is legion 
mm-hmm. in us. I have a million things that I could do and I don't know what to do. I don't know what the right thing to do is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus comes in and, and frees this man from that and makes him one person again. Not 6,000 people, 6,000 voices in his <coughs> head, but one person freed. And there is something in that story for us too that I think I do think we need an exorcism from our chronic anxiety Mm -hmm. I think we need a touch from Jesus a word from Jesus that says uh, you know be free of this stuff I free you from this stuff to be one person with one mind and and for better for worse so so that means freedom doesn't just mean that I get to do whatever I want. It means that when I act now, it is me acting. And if that is wrong or sinful, I have to repent of that, confess that, and say I'm sorry to the people around me and to God. Mm-hmm. But to own it, not to blame other people, right. not not to say that it's because of something other than me, something externalized in me, but to, to own my own sin and also to own my own decisions and my own ideas that I think are right and good and mm-hmm. to say I think this is right mm. um, I could be wrong and I'm, I'll be responsible if I am wrong but this is what I believe but I'm listening still I, there's something about that story too being freed from this you know uh, I don't know personality expansion there's just too many voices mm-hmm. in our heads that's what anxiety does to us and we need we need an exorcism we need to be freed from it yeah, and I don't know if this is a, a stretch, but it, it seems to me as you're talking that one of the maybe a way to deal with these issues is humility, because if if I'm not worried about being wrong or worried about what other people think or um, or if I'm willing to hear another person's point of view, uh, it feels like that could really help in, in, in getting free from this anxiety that we feel especially when it's revolving around, you know, a peacemongering sort of fear that I have to make sure that these people feel okay, these people feel okay. But if I can have strength and leadership through hum- humility, it does pose kind of a different way. Um, N- and I, that's a good association to make too, I think, to say there is strength in humility. Mm-hmm. That, And this is the kind of strength that we're all desperate for mm-hmm. in the world around us and leaders and politicians and we're looking for the strength the the inner strength of a person that can listen mm-hmm. that can admit they're wrong that's hungry for a truth beyond their current frame of reference mm-hmm. that's always learning that's always listening and if that's what you mean by humility then I think you're exactly right I think that somehow that is interwoven here into the what a non-anxious life would look like what a life free from anxiety would look like it would probably look like humility but but a kind of humility which is strangely strong Mm -hmm. that seems formidable Mm -hmm. you know if you meet a person with this sort of non-anxious humility they're not not anxious because they're just right about everything or because they, they're just smarter than you, or mm-hmm. because of their arrogance, or their hubris. They're not anxious because it's okay if they're wrong. Right. They're not anxious because 
they're comfortable with mm-hmm. their own vulnerability and mm-hmm. they're comfortable with learning. Mm-hmm. And they're also comfortable with the things that they have learned being important in the choices they make and the choices they think others should make. So they mm-hmm. can equally say, th- I think this is right. right. We should do this mm-hmm. with strength and prophetic fervor. And yet at the same time say, I'm listening mm-hmm. and I'm open to God, to the church, to community, mm-hmm. to even to the non-believing world. I'm listening with respect and honor. But also, we, we know what we know. We've seen what we've seen. You know, mm-hmm. no one can take that from us either. So, yes, if, if what you mean by humility is that sort of a strong leadership. Right. But I, I guess I would, al- I would always argue that the strongest, best kind of leadership is humble leadership. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not cowering. Right. Right. It's not. Correct. It's actually quite formidable. Mm-hmm. And that also, I think, is just missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the only people that seem to have any strength, strength of position or, or, or ideas are people that are that are bullies. Yeah, totally. And they're the people who shout the loudest seem to be winning the dialogue just because they're more forceful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really, it should not be that way with us. Mm. Um, we can't, yeah, obviously we can't control what the world does. Uh, but we ought to be different mm-hmm. than it, and this is this is a, a key way I think in our time that we really could represent Jesus, His way, uh, and the abundant life that He promises is like living these strong, leadership-rich, humble, mm-hmm. non-anxious lives. Yeah. I th- I think people would would want that yeah they'd be like what are you doing what do you understand about the world that i don't because i don't get it how do you do it Mm -hmm. yeah that's good and it it feels like i mean even when you're talking it just reminds me of really how jesus led and that he feels secure in who he is um his sonship his thoughts and ideas um but he does he does come as a servant you know he is strong in his leadership yet he is willing to hear and listen and and you know, talk to people that are totally getting it wrong, but he's open to them. And, yeah, yeah, I think that's an interesting, interesting parallel. And we probably would be remiss if we didn't maybe say something about Paul's instructions, you know, Mm. that instead of being anxious, we ought to pray, Mm. actually, and to take that freedom that we feel the freedom that's dizzying us. I don't know, it's to do this or this, this or that, you know, that, that sort of torn feeling, and to present it to God and to ask God for his leadership in our lives so that when you come out of the place of prayer, not only have you, have you uh, been freed, exercised of your anxiety, but you have a clear sense of how to live and what to do. And, you know, the goal can't just be for us to to live non-anxious lives. The goal is to live in the fullness of the kingdom in the will of God. Mm -hmm. You know, this this is Romans 12. If, if, If we'll present ourselves fully to God, something will change in our minds. There's a, there's a renewing somehow of our mind, and then we know the will of God. We we walk in the will of God. 
So the goal is not just to just not be anxious, <laughs> but it's to walk in the will of God mm -hmm. and to somehow feel like there's my freedom. Mm -hmm. My freedom is I don't have 6,000 choices. I just have the one. Right. And I have to do it. And I have no choice. I am a, I'm a, I'm a, a slave to this one that has bought me and has loved me. And that, in the end, is maybe the way, or, or maybe it's the, the, the result of having no anxiety. I mean, if we knew this is God's will for us, then we could be free from it. So Paul's, Paul's very old, very ancient prescription here for anxiety mm -hmm. still applies. Mm -hmm. Pray. Know God. Take these anxieties, take these choices, and, and lay them at the feet of Jesus. Present them to him and, and, and receive in return uh, clarity. And, and, and what, does, what does Paul say? This peace that passes understanding. This mm -hmm. peace which is beyond understanding. So the rest of the world looks at you going, how are you at peace in this sea in of anxiety? Yeah, it's it's it is beyond understanding this thing mm -hmm. which I've been given, um, and I, I think I don't think there's a single person probably listening that wouldn't appreciate that, wouldn't like some more of that kind of peace mm -hmm. in their life. You know. This was episode six of the Underground Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can catch all of our episodes on iTunes or on our website at tampaundergroundcom Next time on the podcast, we'll continue our conversation on chronic anxiety and its effects on missional leadership. So be sure to stay tuned.